This is a week in the Ouija. Welcome to Week in the Weege. I'm Natalie Crawford. And I'm Selena Jackson. This week in the Weege... One of Glasgow's most iconic nightclubs is celebrating its 25th birthday this month and we've been finding out why the Sucky Hall Street venue remains so popular. The club remains packed out most nights on the street that's been devastated by two massive fires which has forced other businesses to close. The venue's looking back on a quarter of a century worth of club nights and gigs. It's hosted the likes of one Direction, Biffy Clyro and even the late Prince. That's right, this week's Week in the Weege is a special episode dedicated to everyone's favourite student club, The Garage. It's a week in the Weege. Go, 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 shawty. It's your birthday. We're going to party like it's your birthday. We're going to sip a party like it's your birthday. And you- How good is that? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's one of the best intros from for Week in the Weege ever. Oh, I, that's brilliant. Yeah, I love really it. enjoyed that. <laughs> it's almost as good as the, the still game one that we have. But yes, you heard in the headlines, the garage is 25 this year, the 9th of March to be exact. I can't believe that that club is nearly as old as me. <gasps> Whoa. I know. Now you're getting into scary territory. I know. <laughs> but tw- 25 years is a really long time. And, it is. You know, like we touched upon in the headlines, if you think about how many other clubs have come and gone from Sucky Hall Street and, and across Glasgow City Centre more generally over the last 25 years is phenomenal. And the garage has stayed on top of its game year after year and it is still packed out. So impressive. It's such a saturated market in Glasgow as well. Obviously, you've got a pick of nightclubs. There's so many of them and it can be quite a sort of fickle market as well. Yep. People come and go, but clearly not from the garage. It's maintained its pool all these years. Absolutely. And we decided that we were going to find out why. Why is it still so popular? So Selena and I went down to the garage last Friday night where we're speaking to Hunters, we were asking them, you know, what it is they like about it. It's the biggest club in Glasgow, I think, so I really enjoy that. A lot of people are saying, like, when you come here, everyone gets a night out because of the kind of music. Would you agree with that? Yeah. yeah. I like it's such a variety. I, I feel like it's a really good atmosphere as well. It's just a really big club and it always has music on the chart, so everyone knows it, so you can dance to it. Because Garage is, it's just Garage. It's the best pub in Glasgow. I like the fact that there's so many different people here and um, the musics are all different. It's a night out for absolutely anyone and everyone. The tune, the atmosphere, yeah it's good. It's a good time guaranteed. Anytime there's a good musician playing, Garage, you know? It's on Sucky Hall Street, that's a great place. Best club in Glasgow and the music is amazing. So, like, the one thing that everybody's saying in that, the music, the music, the music. Yeah, well, actually, see, when we went last week, that was my first time stepping foot into the garage. Which I, I just think... can't believe. I mean, this is the woman that's never seen The Lion King, so, I mean, it's, oh, it's to be expected. To oh, I know. But still, never been to the garage. I know, but that's the thing. I went as a complete newbie to the garage. You used to go there all the time, you said, and I was there and I was like, do you know what? I can see why it's so successful. This is a great night out. And yeah. the music was brilliant. There was such a variety. I was bopping along as we were talking to people. It was great. 
Well, speaking of the music, when we went down there, we got to catch up with Nicola, who is the club's longest serving employee. She started out as PR staff there 21 years ago. She's now their resident DJ. She's in charge of the music. So let's find out what she puts the garage's success down to. The thing about the garage is it's a place for everyone. There's... All the different rooms, all the different music, you've got everything from R&B, indie rock, the main hall playing chart and mixed music, and then the cheesy room downstairs. So no matter how many people you're going out with and how many different types of music they're into, the thing about the garage is it becomes a feel-safe because there's something for everyone, and um, everyone always has a great night. So 21 years with the club out of its 25. Yep history. How, how has it changed? How has it evolved? The garage has evolved um, in the way that they, they do a lot more with lights, um, a lot more with technical stuff now, light shows, a lot of the big acts we get in now, a lot of the big DJs. So it's changed in that respect, but I think the heart, the, the, the thing that works about the garage is the heart remains the same. It's all about coming out if you're a student, um, inexpensive drinks and a party atmosphere and that's kind of run through all the 21 years that I've been here but at the same time on the surface level moving with the times as well and that that's why it's continued to work for such a long time. Gavin said to me that you know it doesn't pretend to be anything no. that it's not you just you get you see in the tin. Yes but, but as I said because there is something for everyone that that's the key for me you know it doesn't matter what you're into you can come and you can have a good night it's about it being inexpensive it's about having a great time with friends and it's, you're not having to dress up in a suit or a really fancy dress you can come in in a really fancy dress and not be judged or you can come in in a pair of jeans and a pair of trainers and everyone is welcome A week in the week so Nicola there, she has been the resident DJ in the garage. She's worked there for 21 years. and she, she must have seen yeah, in that time. absolutely. And I mean, what she's saying is totally right. Like, the garage doesn't take itself too seriously. In fact, that is basically what he puts down the garage's success down to. I think that makes sense because I think there are so many clubs that might try a bit too hard to be too kind of current and too relevant and be too groundbreaking and say, oh, this is what we're doing so differently. But realistically, well, when I go on a night out, I don't want to go and take myself too seriously. So I can understand how Absolutely. That's, that's the pool. Anyone who's seen me on a night out knows that. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's hear what Donald has to say about how the, the garage came to be the garage. This is Donald McLeod, the owner of the garage. We caught up with him earlier this week. But back then, you were correct. We were looking for a place. We thought we were getting toughed out the, the cat house down in Brown Street, which we eventually were. But, uh, so we came up here and met uh, an old Ross Bowie, which is uh, yeah, uh, George's dad. And... Uh, he looked at me and McKelly up and down because this place was lying dead because of the city of curfew and being in place then and, uh, and he said oh, I could possibly do a deal with you it's very proper and we looked at me and McKelly up and he said it was just the garage it was just well, this bit here there was no G2 it was just the garage in the attic uh, of course it wasn't called then it was Mayfair and we did a wee deal and it was something like £600 a week. But, and we worked it out, actually, McKelly and I thought, Christ, if we get, you know, the abacus out, and if we get, if we get about five, 600 people on a Friday and a Saturday, we could make this work. 
And we did. <laughs> we got a lot more than that, though. So yeah. what was it walking through the door that day that made you decide, this isn't right for the cat house, but I do want to do something with the building? We came up, we realised it's going to be hard. The cat house was known to be a, it was a small, very small club back then, uh, 300, 350 a week. And uh, we came in here and just we, we knew this was bigger. It was always going to be last gasp. So we thought, well, let's look at it anyway. And uh, it was just, it was ideal for, you know, the students, you know, at, at that time we thought, well, this could work, you know, um, and, by that, and obviously there was, I think the thing back then is, to me was that there was no student club outside the, uh, you know, the unis, um, it was always student nights. You know, I thought that was very patronising, you know, like, oh, we can come in here you know, on a Tuesday night. I mean, there was jeans and T-shirts nights, for Christ's sake, back then, and, and a lot of the clubs were very up themselves. So we decided, you know, let's, let's have a seven days a week, seven nights a week uh, student venue, and we could put bands in here and all, all sorts of things, you know. It was... There was not a great deal of thought back then about how we did it. We just did it, you know. I think uh, we we worked it out back then. It would cost us like what? How much money have we got? Twenty five grand to open and do it up. Now you try and do that these days. You mean you can get the foyer done up for twenty five grand? You know, when you're doing a club, you know, you're talking half a million, you know, to a million. Uh, which eventually it did cost when we get when they threatened to close us down for an overcapacity, as you said. But we got through that, put the balcony in and all that. But uh, you know, back then we did, we did everything on, and just an inspiration, just in a feeling. It was like the world was our oyster. Let's, let's go for it. Let's try it. You know. Do you think building it on that inspiration, that gut instinct, is what's had contributed to the longevity? You've not overthought it too much. It was all a big. Big role back then, you know, it was just great, you know, it, it always like a Midas touch because later on we applied the same principles opening the shed, the cube, the tunnel, you know, and in some of our restaurants, it was like, hey, let's try the bands, booking bands, let's book bands, yeah. How do you book bands? Does it matter? Let's, you know, <laughs> all right, there's people call agents, who, what? You know, it, it, it was that, and I think that was tempered. The only thing that tempered was like, it wasn't tempered actually, that's the wrong word. The money was rolling in. So we just felt, ah, this is great. You know, so we could, we could do things. So we didn't overthink it. Yes, it helped. Um, if we'd overthought it, I'm pondering away, all right, how much, you know, how much of coat hangers and how many cleaners do we need? We'd have never got off the ground, you know. And uh, I, I love that. Feel, and, and indeed, I still have a lot of that within me. It's uh, much to my accountant's disgust and the bank manager's disgust. Yeah, you, you've got to go with what's in there. Okay. So, 25 years mm-hmm. has seen a lot of night, club nights and a lot of acts. What are some of your personal highlights? Oh, there's many. Um, oh, there's, obviously, Prince, and that's been well documented. and. And we keep releasing wee snippets of the video, winding everybody up that I shouldn't have had, but I do. Uh, that that was a cracker. That really cemented the, the, the venue as a live venue, not just a club. I mean, you know, highlights including Ian Juris, uh, his, I think his last Scottish show, tragically died of liver cancer. Pretenders, Faith No More. A cracker was the Bloodhound Gang, where you know, they're good friends of mine, and they're just rockets. And they would come in, 
And they were fantastic, and they were riding high in the charts. Do anything you do, like in Discovery Channel. I can't remember the name of the song, but it a massive hit. But they said, hey, Donald, do you, do you know anybody? That we could put their mobile phone number up there, and, you know, and, and if people, you know, so that we, we, we could use it so they can give away free giveaways and stuff like that. And I, so I went, hmm. So I put my friend, Mark Mackey, of Regular Music, who runs Regular Music Promotes number, gave them the number, and they put it on the big screen. And it said, if you phone this number, you'll get free merchandise, you get to meet the band. And you got about 300 calls that night. Oh, brilliant. Oh, other things like uh, Roger Taylor uh, of Queen, he came in, uh, I think it was about a year and a half after Freddie had passed away. And what I said, you know, we're all Radio Gaga at the end of that. Um, some great moments, you know, great bands, yeah. And thinking um, and more kind of recent, Times Biffy Clyro, who are obviously now. You know, that's the one I. I wasn't there. Did you miss that? I missed that one. And Coldplay Muse. But I, I'd put Biffy on as a promoter. I, I mean, I had them support. I think it was the Deftones and, and, and other shows. And I, I know the boys and they've supported the Nord of Robbins charity very well over the years. So, but, you know, acts like that. I mean, in fact, Chris Evans, the. He he's famous for getting knocked back at the door and for saying, look, I'm Chris Evans. Aye, everybody says that with glasses. Aye, you're not getting in. You'll be where you go. So he knocked back, things like that. Yeah. Um, recently, you know, we, we, you know, I suppose we, I talk about the old days in a way because that's when I was really active promoting. But there's a whole lot of new, new bands coming in or new rock bands like Blackstone Cherry rehearsed in here, you know, before they did the cat house. We got right, an awful lot of good stuff coming up. Um, but some of the band's names, don't ask me. It's like, mm. <laughs> how do you tread that fine line between uh, being a club venue and being a gig venue? It's just about organisation. You've got a stage, you want to use it. So we always took the view, you know, let's let's get as many bands in here as we can. That was for the, principally for the garage back then. And uh, when the band's finished, try to manage it to be turned into a club, and it and that's worked very well. And so, you know, eventually when we took on G2 downstairs, doing the same thing, and that's very busy now. And indeed, the attic, we put a wee stage up there, and that's that's been a great a great for lots of young wee bands coming up. Um, you know, the, maybe the first tour, uh, and it's becoming part of the circuit. And obviously, when you start investing in that, the word gets out there, and the agents and the promoters, especially, you know, DF, regular, uh, Triple G, you know, I'm part, still part of, uh, or I'm part of, um, uh, you know, back you up, you know, you've, you've got to engage with the wider community. There's no point just opening a club and then taking the money and shutting the doors. You know, that's, that wouldn't have interest to me, it never would have. Our week in the week. I just find that so interesting, like just walking into a place and just going, I can make something of this. This place is destined to be a nightclub and just getting like a feeling, but he's totally right. Like mm. I'm not an expert on owning nightclubs, but you do walk into the garage and you just get a feeling like it's there. It's like ready for you. Especially in such a big space as well. I feel like that's a really impressive thing to do, to yeah. walk in and you just get that atmosphere kind of 
permeating throughout the place that mu- that can't be an easy task but I feel like it's something that they've done really really well what the other thing that the garage does really well in my opinion is treading that line between a nightclub and being a gig venue because mm. it is a fine line the two in my opinion the two things that are different they have different atmospheres but they go it, for different things yeah but it does tread that line so so well Obviously, it's hosted, we, we mentioned in the headlines, like One Direction, Biffy Clyro, Prince, for goodness sake. <laughs> and more recently, it started hosting ICW, the wrestling, the home of, you know, Grado Mania. One of the people behind ICW, the kind of ring announcer, presenter, commentator is our sister station West FM's breakfast presenter Billy Kirkwood so our reporter Paul Kelly caught up with him to find out what it is that ICW loves about the garage and why they keep going back. Do you know something it is the most one of the most unique venues in the UK the audience the crowd the fans no matter what the event are always just so hyped or excited it's a it's a Glasgow crowd it's a Scottish crowd and people come from all around the world to sort of bottle that atmosphere. It's like lightning in a bottle that only you can get at the garage. It's one of the biggest, smallest venues in the world and it's just so memorable. And in terms of um, the work you've done with with ICW in particular, it was kind of the first step up that ICW had from out of the Mary Hill Community Centre yes. to, to the garage. How big has that been having that venue in the development of ICW? Well, you know something ICW has got to play the SECC it's got to play the Hydro but our home even to this day we keep going back to the garage we consider it to be our home because like you say it was the fires where ICW was built it's where Grado Mania went wild it's where you know across the pond they would see ICW for the first time and again it was that venue it was that atmosphere that only it can bring and that perfect merger with ICW, it's it's been so important to the development of not only ICW, but so many bands, comedians, so many people. Listening to Billy there, it's just so obvious that this venue is more than just a nightclub. It's mm. at the absolute heart of entertainment and, and nightlife in Glasgow. Do you know, I feel like that's just common sense, though. Like, it would make sense if you do have this big venue, you think, well, let's do as many things as possible with it. And that's clearly something that, well... Donald McLeod's a far more experienced businessman than me. I'm sure that he, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. that he knows that. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you can see why it's done so well because it appeals to such a wide mm-hmm. variety of people and to, it brings them in for so many different events. To be able to just transition so seamlessly between, you know, hosting comedy nights to hosting club nights to ho- hosting, you know, different DJs to, you know, rock and indie gigs... Mm. To, to wrestling of all things it's just phenomenal and there has been so many clubs come and go from the Glasgow nightlife and you know some of them we've lost through no fault of their own I'm mm-hmm. thinking you know Victoria's O2ABC they're not here anymore because of these two massive fires in Sucky Hall Street campus as well you know it was almost directly across the road it's just it's a testament to how iconic the garage is that people are still coming despite all of this disruption in Sucky Hall Street that obviously we've been doing plenty with Mm -hmm. business owners saying this is a nightmare it's really affecting footfall but they've clearly built up such a big brand that it can survive something like that which I think is really impressive and everybody loves the truck 
above oh, yeah. the door. Oh yeah. It's just That's one what of you those think of when you think of the guy. Iconic fixtures. Donald was telling me in a, a, a clip of that interview that, that we've not played that the, the truck was built by a friend of his whose name he couldn't remember. And it was built in a year where Glasgow was awarded the City of Architecture and they just wanted to do something really out there and, and wacky and, and they, they didn't like the, the current kind of frontage of, of the club and mm-hmm. they this Coca-Cola truck was specially built for them and up it went and they've actually painted it silver to celebrate the 25th birthday. Obviously, it's an anniversary with silver and it's just, it's, it's iconic mm-hmm. and they're building a new one. It's going to go to place, yeah. They're in the process of kind of looking at, you know, I think jazzing it up or changing it up a little bit. So there you go. Hot off the press. The garage is getting a new truck. Heard it here first. Don't tell us that we're not good journalists. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, 25 years of the garage. A very happy birthday to one of our favourite clubs. You can see my full video report from the venue on the local news pages of Clyde1.com. A week in the week. Well, that brings us to the end of this week's Week in the Ouija. Thank you to Garage Boss Donald McLeod and all the staff and punters for speaking to us and congratulations on 25 years of the Garage. And of course, a big thank you to you for listening. Before you go, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, subscribe on iTunes and we'll see you next time on Week in the Ouija. Bye! Bye.